This is Eastman's Elevated Podcast. I have on great guests that are really knowledgeable, consistently successful. We're able to dive deep down the rabbit holes of these different subject matters of shooting, of physical fitness, of mental toughness and drive. All the different skills that make up a complete hunter that you can become. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's going on, guys? We've got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week on the podcast, going to sit down, do a solo episode for you, and we'll get right into it. I just want to thank a couple sponsors. So I want to thank Cryptech. I've been using Cryptech for the last few seasons and, and highly impressed by their technical mountaineering system. Like, they have a good system built all the way from early season. I love that new bamboo hoodie that was, like, one I added this year that's really breathable and um man it just keeps the sun off me and that hood is awesome for that as well uh, but all the way from that early season all the way to late season they have all the layers to make sure i can stay out there longer uh, so that I can be safe and uh, push my limits out there. I also think their camo patterns give me a real advantage in the mountains. That Obscura transitional is such a good pattern, it tends to blend in everywhere. Like, it blended in really good, you know, overseas in Australia, Hawaii, and then, of course, the States, hunting mule deer, hunting elk. It just always sends seems to blend in with the habitat so check it out that's called obscure transitional uh check out everything that they offer over at cryptech at their website i also want to thank zamberlin i've uh, been using zamberlin boots and shoes for the last few years and these guys uh they're they're a great company they just don't cut any corners as far as the materials they put in and also the craftsmanship I've never had a shoe stay waterproof longer. Uh, they actually test each Gore-Tex booty that goes in each one of their shoes to make sure it won't even have a pinhole leak. Uh, their boots hold up to the abuse I give them. I've got one pair where I've got the soles totally worn down. I've had them for uh, a handful of years and have been using them, and they're still in good shape. They could actually be resold. Uh, they have every type of boot and shoe for your personal preference, and you guys know that I really like the lightweight shoes and been using them in all types of terrain. In fact, I used the lightweight shoes on that goat hunt. So to me, it's important to have a bit stiffer, burlier shoe that's going to hold up to the abuse that the rocks put on it, debris, things of that nature. I want it waterproof so dust doesn't get in there. Also keep my feet dry when it's raining or in snow. Uh, and, and then... You know, that Vibram sole is really grippy. It seems to be a really good rubber to stick to all the different terrains that I hunt. Uh, so uh, my preferred shoe, I really like that Saluth 216. That's a great shoe. They actually make that in a low-cut boot as well. Uh, also, I use the Anabasis quite a bit. The Anabasis feels more like a trail running shoe. They also have that in a low-cut boot as well. Uh, another one of my favorites is the Free Blast. And then I used a low-cut boot this year a bit. Uh, their 320 Trail Light uh, Evo GTX was, is my boot of choice. So I used it a bit this season. I've used it a bunch in the past for a low-cut boot. It's as good as it gets. It's under three pounds. 
And I always say like one foot on the one pound on the foot is like 10 on the back and they make lightweight footwear that holds up. So if you're in the market for some new boots, make sure to check them out over at Zamberlin. I also want to thank Black Ovis. So Black Ovis is an internet retail shop that has absolutely everything you need for your next hunt. They have a knowledgeable staff. They carry all the top name brands as well as their own name brand. So you can check out everything they offer. Uh, they have a, a great website and, um, man, just a great selection. And you can save 10% on your order putting in the promo code ELEVATED10. Uh, so put in that promo code, save 10% on your order, and uh, get that upgrade that you're planning for next season. I also want to thank Camo Fire. Camo Fire is an app that has uh, 80 new hunting deals that come up every 24 hours. You can save a pile of money there. If you watch these deals come up, uh, have something that you're looking for, and then pull the trigger when it comes up, you can save up to 80%. Uh, so check those guys out. And um, everything we're doing over at Eastman's, we've got the magazines. Uh, you can check out the other podcasts I'm doing with Dan Picar, uh, Life of a Bow Hunter, or Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Life of a Bow Hunter. Search that; it's on a different feed. We have some great conversations. In fact, I've got a good plan for next week, so I'll be hitting Dan up and be recording that shortly. Uh, check out the Beyond the Grids. Um, I just had that goat hunt come out, and then. I saw that um, Dan Picar had a lion hunt that came out, so you can check that out. Uh, all of our hunts from this season, there's some great hunts with Ike. He has an elk hunt. Uh, some great hunts with Dan Picar, two of his biggest bulls to date. So some great episodes on there. Check those out. Uh, that's on YouTube. Just search Eastman's Hunting TV. And, um, man, with that, let's get into this podcast. So, um yeah, I don't really uh, have a, a hard start. I wrote, I jotted down some notes, just some things I'm thinking about that I wanted to talk to you guys about. We're into the new year, into January now, and um, man, it's time to start thinking about 2024 goals. And so you know, I didn't really have any New Year's resolutions when New Year's came, but I just started thinking about it. And like, it's a good time to reflect on the past season and start to think about this next season. And just start to think about, you know, life moving forward and and, and what I want to see for this next year. And so, you know, my first initial thought is, oh, great big buck. And and like, um, it's it's a good goal for sure. It's like, um, it's something that keeps me working hard and is like my constant motivation is I like dream of killing the you know these great big heavy bucks or great big bulls and you know that keeps me running miles and keeps me shooting my bow and keeps me doing all these things uh to bring me into season so like it's not a bad goal or anything but really anymore like i've just started to come to the realization like the fun is in the journey and in the chase and i mean i'm not just coming to this but you know just thinking about it it's like man, I'm like, what I want for the next year is to be happy and to be fulfilled. And it, it isn't like I put so much, um, emphasis on, on hunting because it's what makes me happy. It's what I truly love to do. I'm so passionate about it that I'm at my happiest when I'm in the mountains, when I'm pushing my limits, like I'm at my happiest when I'm here at my house and I'm I'm working towards my goals every day of running and being in better shape and shooting my bow and map research and which tags I'm going to be putting in for. And so really in life, like 
I'm lucky I found my passion and what really makes me happy is, is like chasing these dreams and these goals and really like chasing big adventure. Like as I look back at 2023, like the funnest part of it was like going on these big adventure hunts, like being, you know, planning for them and, and sure it's stressful trying to get off work and plan the days. But when I actually get there and get to cut my legs loose and start to like, solve the puzzle of whatever mountain range I'm hunting or whatever unit I'm hunting and just focused on that that hunting. I mean, that's that's where I'm at my happiest and where I'm at home. So, like, I guess for 2024, as I start to think of my goals and what I want to do, like, hunting is a big part of that. And, and I just want to... I, I want to enjoy the chase... I want to enjoy working hard here at the house. I want to have some adventure hunts that I'm planning and, and just be more intentional with my time. Like I want to be um, like a bit more organized preparing for these. And I, I think it's come down to where I'm just trying to squeeze so much in with work and family and hunting. Like, you know, a lot of times I'm running by the seat of my pants, but I want to make sure this year that I really take the time to make sure I've got everything in order and, you know, a big part of my goal that isn't hunting related is just like personal stuff uh, of just being a, a good dad and a good husband. Um, you know, it's like as far as like the husband part of it, like I, I definitely like they support me going to all these places and, and chasing these critters and chasing my dreams and truly being happy and support me. My wife supports me like my run training and she just knows that I'm going to get it in day in, day out. But, but she, she really supports it. And so like, likewise, I need to show that same support. So I need to uh, really be, um, I really need to be present with my family as I'm home. And, you know, I've worked on this over the years, but, you know, I can be better yet where I think a lot of it is just letting go of the stress from the day or the stress from the job and and not just being there, but actually being present. And so I definitely want to spend less time on my phone and I want to be um, uh, present with my family. So, you know, we do dinners at night. You know, my daughter's in college. I need to make an effort and make sure that I'm helping her out, you know, not only with college or financially, but also as a support system to be there. She called me the other day and took a spill down the stairs. Like, no dog. It wasn't slippery. It was like just first thing in the morning. And she tripped and went from the very top to the bottom. And she wasn't sh sure. She thought maybe she had busted her wrist or her thumb in there, but um, went in and got an x-ray and and um, she was all good. But uh, I'm just saying, like, I need to make the effort to be there, like, um, through phone calls and through advice and also go visit her, like, where she's at there in college and make sure that I really enjoy the time that she's up at the house and try to plan some adventures with her this summer. So that's, like, part of it. You know, my... my um, my younger daughter, she's um, playing sports, and so, um, you know, I always make a good effort to go to the games and to talk to her about them, but, um, you know, just try to make as many of those things as I can, and so she's in basketball right now, playing really good, and, and um, so, yeah, I definitely want to make, you know, 90%, you know, 80, 90% of the games, like everything I can, uh, traveling and here at home, like every once in a while there's something that comes up. But for the most part, I want to be there and make sure I support her in that, in her softball, 
She's also getting into photography and so like drives at night or during a free day and we'll go grab some pictures together. But just like a few things just to make sure that I'm connecting like with the people that are most important to me. And that's also, um, you know, with my wife is making sure like I get some of these things done around the house that I need to do, you know, and I, I definitely want to procrastinate less in the new year. So just like if I have a task or something that I need to get done, it's just jumping on it and doing it. Like, um, you know, I think we can all be better with our time. And I realized like building this house, like how efficient I could be. Like I would wake up and do 12 hour days every day. And I, you know, in the morning I would be up for maybe 15 minutes, 30 minutes before I leave the house. And then at night, same thing, I'd come home and have dinner, hang out for a little bit and go to bed. And now it was a grind seven days a week. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to get back into that. But my point is, is like, I can be really productive with my time. And it's like, you know, like being happy, you know, I'm not happy sitting around, like relaxing, like I'll go to the beach with my family and we'll go relax a bit. But really, I'm at my happiest, like when I'm active and when I'm doing things. And so, you know, I just need to make sure that I'm being productive with my time, you know. Um, I want to make sure that, that, um, sorry about that. Still, I'm working right now as I'm doing this podcast as well. Um, so yeah, I just want to make sure that I'm being really productive with my time. And it's like when I, it's like when I get home, right? It's like I, I get my workout in or I get my run in and it's really easy to go sit down out at night, like, and relax out there. And, and just during that time, it's like, I'm so much better if I'm out in the garage shooting or tinkering with things. I'm so much better. Even if it's like, I spend like an hour at night with my wife and we hang out and relax. We might watch a show together, but even while doing that, like I can be stretching at night and making sure that I have my mobility and, and flexibility, which is going to be so important as I age. And so making sure I'm stretching, you know, there's just like little things that I can do and, and definitely like all these goals or all these things I talk about really, I mean, the one culprit is screen time. Like I can look at that screen on that phone and no matter how low that number is, it's still almost too much time. And, you know, there's a few things that we need to do on there that make our life more convenient, but I'm going to try to, to really stay off that thing and like, you know, just sit and think a bit more. Like, um, it seems like, uh, it seems like we just fill any boredom or any time where we're not busy, you can fill with that screen and I can just be more productive and fill my time better. So like just a few things that are rattling around in my head that I definitely want to be better at. And along with my family, you know, I also have goals for my sisters to help them out, to spend time with them. Uh, nephews, my one nephew's like wrestling tough this year. I want to make sure that I support him. And um, just doing whatever I can for my family. And then that also goes for my friends. Like 2024, I want to make sure that I do everything possible to help make them successful. Like I love sharing these hunts with those guys. It's an absolute riot. And uh, they've always been really good friends to me. We've always had a good friendship. But I want to make sure that I include them like on these big hunts or these adventure hunts. And then... Um, put emphasis on them being successful as well, like helping them get stocks and sharing information and going to different places and um, sharing some of the research. So uh, I definitely like I've got a 
a close circle of friends, you know, but um, I want to make sure all those guys, like I probably have, you know, I got a couple that I hunt with a bunch, but then I've got, you know, buddies from different places. And so probably overall like 10 or a dozen good buddies that I consider friends that I want to really help be successful. Uh, so I definitely want to do more of that in the new year. So there's like, you know, as I think about it, it's like, sure, I want to kill a big buck, but there's like a lot of other things I can do as well. And it's um, part of it is just like trying to be a good human as well as I just want to attack life. So it's like, sure, there's a lot of time I can spend on hunting and I have these hunts, but there's also a lot of days in between. And so just making sure I'm being the best contractor and carpenter I can be, like really being motivated, good hours on the job site, getting there, getting things done, like taking difficult tasks. Um, so, you know, I just want to be on the ball with this podcast. Like say I want to procrastinate less. So it's just like, you know, getting out this podcast, I want to be ahead of things. So, you know, they come out on Thursday. I've got to have it produced by Tuesday. But, you know, I can do it the week before or even get ahead a couple weeks. Make sure that I, I'm taking the time to line up really good guests and really connecting with them, like having these in-depth conversations. And a lot of that is just to, like, being present. And I, I think being present, it's something I work on a bunch, but really being present and that can go for these hunts as well. It's just making sure when I'm on these hunts, I've taken care of everything and I can really be present in that moment to just focus on the hunt, on trying to get close to a giant bull or a giant buck, uh, but really leave everything else behind or have that responsibility taken care of. So when I am gone, I can just be gone. But, you know, a, a lot of that being present is like goes for for everything I'm doing. You know, it's... um. You know, it doesn't, you know, it's sure like reflect upon the past a bit, but you don't want to get stuck in the past. And also, you know, you don't want to get stuck in the future, like let anxiety, like start thinking of worst case scenarios or the problems that you have and let them spin off, like really just handling things in real time. When there's problems, you know, don't get too stressed out. Think of the solutions. What can I do to change it? What can I do to move forward? figuring it out and then moving forward like um, worrying about these problems doesn't make them go away or doesn't solve them either um, so yeah just like little things it's like not easy to be a human we have so many um, you know that like a, a like our circuit breaker like we have so many different connections in different places or uh, you know it's just life isn't easy and it also throws at you tough times and challenges and it seems like with any industry or any job we have like there's no shortage of problems and that goes for hunting as well it's like you have to be good at problem solving and so if I work on this like in the rest of my life it's only going to carry over and shine through on these tough hunts where I run into hunters or I have bad weather or I um you know, I, I get into an area and there are no deer, like there's no shortage of problems or challenges on these hunts either. And uh, so I just want to tackle those head on. So yeah, just um, just a, a few things that I've been thinking about that definitely I want to do for the new year work on. And I, I think being a human is a work in progress. Like uh, we're constantly working on ourselves to get better. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like um, that's that's basically what I want to do and getting down to hunting and starting to plan my season is really exciting. 
is like what I want for the new year above anything else, above a giant bowl or above a giant buck, which I do want those things, don't get me wrong, but what I really want is like adventures. Like I want these these big adventures that push me. You know, I want to I, I want to go on these hunts and like really give them my all and and um whether that's backpacking in multiple different spots, pushing further than I've ever been, like really pushing myself physically and mentally like in the wild. So I'm definitely going to be planning some of these hunts and I you know, I don't have my season all dialed in yet. I know that I've got you know, the stuff that I really love. And that's where a lot of my focus is going to be is for mule deer and for elk. You know, of course, I'm going to do bears in the spring. Hopefully I get an antelope tag so I can hunt antelope. But just these um, core hunts. And as far as mule deer, you know, I really want to line up one or more of the early season hunts, the alpine environment, the big mountains. And I think I'm due for like a Colorado this year. And um, so I've got a couple different units that I like there, maybe pulling the trigger above 13,000 feet. And Colorado, man, it's like it's like nerve wracking. Like I have been on some tough hunts in Colorado. You know, I've also killed uh, some great bucks, one of my best bucks. But man, some of those uh, mountain ranges with that high elevation and just giant miles. And it seems like Colorado is just so big. But, um, yeah, I want to give it my all in there. They sure grow some giant deer in there. And, and I have plans. Like, I've I've hunted this unit that I want to go back and hunt this year. I've hunted it three or four times now. Like, I really like this unit. Um, I think I've hunted five different units in Colorado. But this one has really been special to me. And I found this place. Um, see, the last buck I brought out of there. No, he was just a just a good one. I did bring like a a 200 inch buck out of this spot, but there's just more to explore. There's like these basins and places where I know there's bucks and I know they hang out, uh, but there's also you know places where I can I can move my camp a bit further and other places to explore inside this unit that I think I can find even more good hunting. And I the dude the last time in there. I didn't kill. It was, I think it was 2019, maybe 2020, 2019, I think. But I chased a giant buck for like seven days in there. And I got, I got a couple different plays at him and just heartbreak. I like skipped one over his back. I did get a shot at him. Um, just killer steep country. I remember to make the stock, I had to come up and over top of 13,000 footer and then just sketchy terrain down to him. I remember like two days I sat inside 200 yards of him just waiting for him to make a move out of his bed. It was like such an epic adventure. Um, But, you know, I chased that giant buck for the whole hunt. I didn't get him. I ended up coming out. I, I don't know. You know, it's like I don't know that there's anything else I could have done on that buck, but maybe I could have stayed in there longer I could have explored some of these places I'm looking at I'm just looking for redemption it's a big country big mountain range it holds like a special place in my heart like I just want to go in this place and cut my cut my legs loose but to get there and to accomplish my goals I know what it's going to take in this off season like I'd like to get down there scouting and then you know I'm just like it's consistency for me. Like I do the best with consistency and discipline. And this is how I've gotten to where I'm at is, is just by this, this, um, this daily exercise. Like I'm really good at running six, seven days a week, every day running to get better. 
And so now I'm just carrying this over, you know, making sure like I've been good about lifting up upper body like the last few years, but I've really gotten to where now I've been every day. I've been doing this for a couple months now, but every day my push-ups, my pull-ups at a bare minimum, I can do more than that, but just this consistency of every day and I've always been good at shooting my bow, but just making sure every day that I'm shooting intentional arrows. Like I'm, I got that new Matthews just shooting and I've got that shot ID. I think I was telling you guys about it, but it's really cool. It tracks all my shots. And so you know, I've been able to track all my shots, but just every night I'd get home and maybe I've been working, got in my run, got in my lift. Like it's easy to sit down and relax and not shoot those arrows or shoot around. But, um, I've just been making sure that every night I'm getting out and working with that bow. And I know that, you know, any successful hunt comes down to making a shot. And if you have that skill set, like sometimes your whole hunt hinges on whether or not you can make a shot. Or sometimes it's even like a finish arrow that you have to put into something. But it's like not easy. And it's the one thing that I've learned over the years that it's like... Once you get into season, you have the skill set that you have. You're really not improving. You're not really declining. I mean, maybe if you, maybe I am if I'm not like shooting all the time. But for the most part, keep a, a pretty even keel. But the time to improve is like right now in the off season to be shooting arrows every single day and really be focused on the small steps and on my form and on any improvement I can make. Really working hard on the tune of my bow to make sure that thing is absolutely as forgiving as I can make it. I'm actually going to get um, one of my buddies on the podcast tonight. In fact, we have one here in a little bit uh, where I'm going to sit down and walk through our process and setting up these bows from start to finish. So we'll we'll get on that and then, um, yeah, we'll uh, uh, talk through that process just so I can let you guys... Um, let you guys know like exactly what I'm doing to set these things up from start to finish. So, uh, so we'll get that podcast in the works, but yeah, I've just been working with this bow a bunch and just making sure that everything is absolutely dialed on it. And then, you know, as far as my shooting is just those little things that like not only shooting every day, working on my aiming, uh, but also, you know, working on my distance also, you know, working on 3d targets also, uh, working on angles, making sure that this summer, like I'm getting out to shoot, you know, whether it's attack or like Ryan Lamper's courses are always really good. I always get a bunch out of those, out of those summits and get to run through the course multiple times with 3D targets, which really helps. But just making sure that absolutely everything is done, like sight tapes. It's not just figuring out a sight tape in a day. I'd spend weeks on a sight tape just to get that exact sight tape. And, and you got to watch it too as you get out further, like broadheads and field points will fly different. So you got to figure out exactly where you're at on those. But I just know if I have a sight tape absolutely dialed, it's like if I've got a range anywhere, you know, if I've got to put a second arrow in an animal, if I've got to make a shot, I know that that arrow is going to go where my pin is. So it's like really taking that time to work on that sight tape. And, and so... Yeah, I've been doing really good with just consistency, just the running every day, the the lifting every day, you know, the um and I uh I probably like I put on some muscle mass for sure, which is like reads a little bit higher on the scale, but I still know that I don't have any fat on me, but it's just like 
ultimately I'm building my body for the mountains. It's like the thing I love to do or the thing I do the most is I'm, I'm in the mountains and I'm bow hunting and what I want to be best is just functional strength. And so, you know, this upper body really helps keep my back in strength, keeps me ready for a pack. But really I've built my whole body and everything I've done by hiking and backpacking in the mountains, packing out animals, doing a bunch of miles. And I, you know, I've also noticed that like, you know, my legs are built for endurance and it's, you know, yeah, I can do speed workouts and speed workouts have actually been really good for me here lately just to pick up a bit of speed and a bit of go, like as far as like mental push and like really adding those layers of toughness is like really grinding hard and pushing towards my limit of what I can do in speed work. And it puts like this fatigue on my legs and also fatigue on my lungs. But my point here is like ultimately if you want to be good at endurance, you have to do endurance. Like ultimately I want to be good in the mountains to be able to, you know, do this pace. And I've talked to you guys about my pace 10 miles a day. 3,000 vertical feet and I know I can get a good night's sleep and do that the very next day and do it for seven days in a row and sure if I have a big day where I have to do 15 or 16 I had two elk days this year where I did I think like a 17 and 18 and then a 15 miles so like two in a row that were great big days and I, my body can do that I'm just tired and pay for it a bit but I think I can push my fitness level where I can push that to 12 or 14 miles a day and 4,000 vertical feet and and then recover the next day. It's like, you know, our, our, our bodies do what we ask of them. And it's like the more strength training, the more endurance training I do, like the more miles I do, the better I prepare my body for season, the better my body's prepared, you know, the stronger my mind is as well as I use a lot of this training, like getting out every day gets nasty out there today. So, you know, I got to get this podcast out. I got to record another one tonight. I've also still got to get my run in. And so it's going to be a headlamp and I mean, it's blowing snow sideways 30 miles an hour out there like I've already put in my work day but I'll have to get back out there tonight and run well doing that that discipline of making myself do it day in day out like that's gonna make me mentally stronger for you know come season and and come you know like trying to motivate myself during season to go out and do that big hike to see if I can locate another bull or turn up a buck or go check out that back basin where that buck might be living. Like those little moves you make like are difference makers. So yeah, definitely wanna definitely wanna push and make sure that I'm 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 doing that. Like the physical stuff, the shooting, the 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 map research is huge. Like um you know, I've always been good at spending time on OnX and Google Earth and really learning these units. And so, you know, that starts right now as I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to apply for. As and I start looking in these units, you know, part of my process is actually figuring out how I'm going to hunt this unit that I'm applying for. It's also part of the fun. And, and sure, I'll dive deeper into the research after I know I have the tag. But Right now, it's like searching around at these places I want to hunt and kind of how I'm going to hunt them and also the tags that I already have. I can be getting familiar with the country and I want to mix and match things that I know and new country that I want to explore and try to make time for both of those things. So it's really like, 
the, these hunts that I have, I can start in on the research now. And I've got a notebook started where I'm going to write down notes of every state or every place that I'm hunting and, and just write down like um, uh, just a, a strategy, write down notes just to come s- become so familiarized with the, the mountain range that I'm hunting that I know it like the back of my hand. And I know my plan A, my plan B plan C like if I've got to go to these different plans I've done all the research and know where I'm at or you know if I don't find them in an an area I want to know how to explore further and I want to have through hikes planned where I can take my dirt bike carrier park my dirt bike on one side of the range and then start hiking from one side of the range so I don't got to hike all the way up in there and back out at times I just want to through hunt and so I want to be real strategic, real intentional with my scouting and where I want to look. And then when I roll down for these scouting trips, you know, I want to have places that I want to scout. And so I'm going to begin to jot this all down in my notebook to plan for these hunts for next year. And as I start these hunts for next year, like I love bow hunting and I love arrowing critters, but, um, you know, I, I want to see, I want to see what I can arrow next season. So it's like, um, I really want to search around and try to find the biggest deer in the unit or, you know, just these, there's some bucks out there like that just really get me excited where you walk up and it's just all mass and just this, um, uh, just this, this upper tier of what the species can produce. And, um, I think I'm good enough. And I think if I spend the time, in these units, in my e-scouting, in my scouting, and then have time for the hunts. And I, I build all these skills, and I show up there, and I say, yeah, I, w- I want to find, you know, I want to find a 350 bull, or I want to find a 180-inch buck. And I'm not saying that he has to be that for me to be excited or for me to be happy. Like, I just like chasing mature animals. But I really want to see what I can come up with next season. Like, I've killed some really good critters, and so um, I want to set my goals pretty high. And if that means eating a few tags along the way, I'm more than happy to do that because I am the most dangerous with a tag in my pocket inside a unit, you know. And so uh, with a tag in my pocket, uh, I just want to hunt around, and I know, you know, I've got a full freezer this year. I know that I'll have meat in the freezer next year, like I will harvest some animals, but I'm not going to be so concerned with filling out on absolutely every hunt I want uh, I go on. Like, I really want to look for some of these next-level critters and and really lean on, um, you know, this is on the mental side of things, too, is, like, really lean on on passing up you know, bucks that a lot of times I'd go shoot and um, really seeing if I can turn up like another another year age class older or just a, a little bit better buck. Uh, I think my skills are to a point where I can start to do that a little bit more so that it's um, it won't be easy as I love to stalk and I love to bow hunt these critters, but I'm I'm really going to try to put some some high goals um, on myself for next year for hunting. So, dude, it's just so fun. It's like so fun that we have this thing that we're passionate about that gets us excited. Like this is what enjoyment of life is for me is like sitting around thinking about this kind of stuff, how I can improve, how I can get better, how I can give my all these big super adventures and trying to work on logistics. And then, you know, it's like hunting these places that make me nervous too, that, 
you know, like the Colorado above 13,000 feet, like it gets steep as all get out. Like I'm, I'm rock climbing and mountaineering at times up there. And then also dealing with the weather, uh, making sure that, that all my gear, that I'm bringing the right gear for the right hunt as well. And I have enough experience doing it that, yeah, two days before I go, I can throw all my stuff together. But I would be better spent to really sit down and go through my gear with a fine tooth comb. And like, you know, I do my best packing for these trips like a week or two in advance at getting all my stuff together, all my food organized, really looking over it, looking over each piece of gear I'm going to bring, having it weighted. Like, so I want to make sure that I spend that time to prepare for like these big backpack hunts. But man, it's so fun. It's like there's still great hunting out there and um man, I'm I'm really going to going to seek out those places and um seek out those tags. So hopefully can draw some tags, but that that application or that 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 onyx work that we do is so important come a hunt. And so like I just want to make sure these hunts that I have that are jotted in my notebook that you know, it doesn't have to be every night, but it's something I enjoy more than anything else. My wife always looks over to at me and says, oh, are you hunting? You know, because I'll be looking at some area, some spot that I'm thinking about. But as I'm looking for these spots, I just want to be intentional and not only familiarizing myself with the unit, the access, the roads, the zones of pressure, like all these different things I focus on. Uh, but I also want to be putting on waypoints, so not just looking at it, but adding a waypoint that's certain color-coded for this year, whether that's a blue or a yellow, and that'll be all my locations that I'm looking at or new locations I'm looking at. So as I'm going through my Onyx plan, I want to find vantage points, potential camp spots, uh, basins that I think look good, excuse me, um... And have that all color-coded so I can really pull up my Onyx, see all that color-coded co in yellow, and know that that's all the work I put in this year to research this spot further. And, um, you know, spots that I do know that I have a bunch of pins and kind of know how I hunt it, I definitely want to re-familiarize myself with it as I walk through it and walk through these points and definitely have it in my hunt plan to go check out those spots, but also to explore further into these spots. Um, my gear is pretty well dialed, but I need to go through like all my gear, make sure there's no upgrades I want to make. I know when I was younger, I'd look at all my gear and I'd come up with one piece that I really wanted to upgrade that would save me more weight or that would make me more comfortable or more effective. And at this point, like all my gear is so dialed. I have absolutely everything I need because I've gone on so many of these hunts that I know what I need and what I don't. So I, I can't really think of anything I need to upgrade so much, but I will look through my gear, you know, and then just the little things, you know, extra battery for my rangefinder, uh, having um, an Allen wrench in my bino harness. You know, there's all these little things that go along uh, with hunting and organizing my gear, but just looking through, just making sure that I've got that all sorted come season. Uh, yeah, and then it's um, it's so enjoyable to like be back. I just um, hunts were so fun this year. Man, I had so many great adventures, but was definitely burning the candles at both ends, trying to get work done and take care of family stuff, and then go hunting. Like it's just good. There's like an ending to the hunting season because um, I I get so um, 
I get so driven uh, to put in the days as I know that's what it takes. And so, like, in turn, I'm putting so much effort into that that I'm neglecting other points in my life a little bit. So it's, like, good to get back and get home and get settled, like, be home for a couple weekends. And not that I don't want to keep busy and be doing things. Like, I've been running. I've been mountain lion hunting here a bit, which has been really fun to experience. I, I've been fishing. Like, I love the rivers and... um it's it's just different to um like uh i'm i'm a bit i'm a bit crazy about fly fishing too so it's like my other love and there's so many similarities between hunting and fly fishing you have the the pressure and then you have these giant big fish that you're looking for and and what they'll eat and conditions and reading the water and spending time out there there's like all these things that go into it but it's a really good break for me like I put in a bunch into hunting and it's nice to be on the rivers and fishing and trying to hunt for those big trout and um so that's been really fun as like um spending my time doing that so as driven as I am for hunting and as much as I want to see my goals come together like you know, a, a big part of this is like we get one chance at life and, and I want to do it to the best of my abilities and enjoy it to the fullest. And fishing's just this this other avenue or this other thing that I really enjoy. And so uh, it's been nice to like spend time doing that. And it's, you know, I did one trip, um, did one trip over to another river with my buddy Dylan. But um, for the most part, I'm hanging around close by the house and I can do day trips and be back and I can still get done with my responsibilities. So that's been really nice. I've been spending some time doing that and, um, man, just living to the fullest. Like we're in 2024 and it's, um, you know, there's definitely difficult times in life and there's challenges, uh, but just trying to enjoy it as much as I can. And, um, you know, that for me, that is keeping busy, that's working hard towards my goals, towards my dreams. And then, you know, it's just planning these big adventures that I know I have coming up and then have the time dedicated to them to go cut these legs loose and get after it. So um should be fun. It's like always fun during application season. Like part of the fun is like part of the fun of like winning the lotto would is thinking about what you're going to do with that money. And so part of the fun of like applying for these tags is thinking what it would be like if you drew one of these tags. So looking at these desert sheep tags or these Rocky mountain bighorn tags, I'm max points in Montana. I'd love to draw one. Um, but yeah, just looking at these different opportunities and then thinking what it'd be like to have one of those tags or to go on one of those hunts. And, and it makes me realize that I'll never win the lotto either. It's like I, I look at the odds for a sheep tag in a lot of these places are 1 in 300, 1 in 400. Well, that doesn't sound so bad compared to the lotto, which is 1 in 7 million or whatever it is. It's still so hard to draw a 1 in 300 tag. And if you think of it like in, in the term of years, like you can apply once every year. Like, that's one tag every 300 years. So it's like, uh, my time on this planet is going to run out before I get one of these tags, before the odds tell me that I that I guaranteed one of these tags. So you're really, like, on these good tags, you just got to get lucky. And so for me, being a blue-collar do-it-yourselfer, it's, like, the best opportunity to, like, try to go on a desert sheep hunt. And so I try to apply everywhere they'll let me. Uh, of course, Ibex, I've been applying for 20 years. I've never drawn that. Um, yeah, I'd love to hunt, um, Barberry sheep or, um, what's, what's their other name? Um, 
gosh, I'm drawing a total blank here, but the Barbary sheep, sheep there, uh, New Mexico, I'd love to hunt those. Uh, I'd love to hunt like a real premium elk tag, like a New Mexico or an Arizona or a Utah or like a real premium Nevada would be fun. Um, I've never really drawn like one of those premium tags or what about like a premium mule deer tag? And I have been lucky enough to have some pretty decent muley tags over the years, but you know, never like a Ponsagon or a Books Cliffs or, um, gosh, it'd be so fun to, to hunt the strip, even though the strip sounds really challenging. And then, uh, you guys heard on my, my last podcast, um, where I was t- talking to, uh, Michael Alba and he had drawn that, um, that other Arizona tag down and through there. Why am I drawing such a blank? Cause I didn't think of all this stuff before I got on the podcast or make any notes, but, um, Oh, it's on the edge of the Grand Canyon down there. I've applied for it. It'd be fun to have those tags. And I do notice, like, hunting these places with good genetics, you do turn up some pretty good bucks. So, you know, I'll definitely be applying for these um, long shot tags. You know, long shot, but not too long. Not like Ponsagant long, where they'll give one bow tag or whatever. It's like, I'm never going to draw that thing. But just like those really, like, the next tier down from those, like, would be really nice. And even, man, there's such good hunting in all these states and a bunch of these different units. Like, I really can't complain. It's like planning to go to Colorado. You know, I brought a 200-incher out of there. I have seen bucks in that unit that um, absolutely blow my mind. Like, I know I've chased a 230 in there. I know there was this one buck, Goliath. And we're talking 10, 15 years ago. Like, I've seen good bucks in the recent future. I think I killed that. 200 in there like maybe 2015 or 16 or something but gotta remember 09 or 010 going in there and finding this buck goliath split main beams like extra so heavy so wide just like a true mule deer like absolute specimen like i don't know what he would have scored like 205 210 something like that but just a beast of a mule deer he actually crossed out of the unit and i wasn't able to hunt him or ever make a stock on him i just saw him he was in the unit i was hunting but he walked over the top like right as i was um as i was watching him and walked over the top and then i found him the next day he was bedded in that other unit like just in the perfect spot it was like oh man can you please cross back over but i remember that goliath and then i remember there was a 230 in there my dan uh my buddy dan actually killed his running partner so his his running partner ended up being like a high 180s or low 190s and had some extras but this buck was like a 230 with extras it was so big I remember I got a play down on him, was able to make a stock on him, and had a pretty close call with him. I remember right. Um, I can't remember if I, I can't. Re- I'm trying to remember the specifics of exactly how it went down. Like I know, I had like a rise in between me and him, and I was able to hide behind the rise, and I got pretty close to him in and through there, and um, I think um think that buck lived on well i know that buck lived on got such a beast though i that so you know it's like colorado will grow them like nevada will grow them and i'm fine like hunting these easy to draw places because in every one of these units a big buck can grow up and um it's just finding that right age class and right genetics and there are some places that definitely have better genetics than others but for the most part like 
man, you can find a giant in any of these places that I hunt. So I think it's just spending the time and um, really looking around. Like as these deer get to these older age classes, this six, seven, eight, nine, like really reach their full potential, uh, full age class. Like, man, they're pretty crafty and smart when they get to be that age. They don't make many mistakes at where they live in their summer months or, you know, to live that long, they've avoided hunters being a big deer for a long time. And that's hunters with a bow, hunters with a rifle. And um, so they get to be pretty crafty and smart. And they just, like, find a niche in country. Like, the thing I've noticed about big bucks is that they find a niche in country. Like, they... They rut in country that you can't glass off roads or uh, like the 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 early season, like they're they're in spots that that really work towards um, their being safe. Like they they sit in basins where the wind really swirls or where they have a good view down at the valley before uh, floor below them or really steep country above them like they find these basins or these home basins that they really like and also to find a good home basin like everybody's been bow hunting high country mule deer for quite a while and so it can't just be this easy to walk in and easy to glass basin where there's just this giant mega buck living like sure that can happen but you know what I find is I find they're like in these smaller drainages these tough ones to glass these ones with sparse cover like really looking at it as like humans have been hunting deer and only been getting more and more effective after them so to go into a unit and check all the easy likely spots and find a giant buck isn't usually where they're living like they're just living in a little fold that's tough to get to that's tough to glass or you know, they're living uh, a ways back where they don't see the pressure or, you know, maybe they're living down off the tops. Like I've seen this in high pressure areas where I found some giant bucks that, that aren't living within a thousand feet of the top because everybody works the ridge line and they're actually down like a couple thousand feet in gnarly, rugged terrain, maybe more timber around. Like they're just tougher to keep track of. But the one thing I do know is like a big deer, you know, it's, it's not like a ghost buck or a ghost timber buck. Like a big deer, to put that kind of antler on, has to eat like the most food. Like I noticed these big bucks tend to feed more and longer than the other bucks. And I, I also find that they are just being deer. Like they are big bucks that are just deer. You just got to find where they're living and the folds they're living in. And then once you locate them, then it's coming up with this strategy or this plan to get close to them, you know. And, um, you know, as I get closer to season, like right now, I'm working on all these base skills and getting this bow dialed and just making sure my fitness is dialed, mental side is dialed, the e-scouting is dialed. And then as I get closer to season, you know, I'll start to think about this strategy of, of, of in the stock and this strategy of like decision making and, and how aggressive I want to be with my stocks. And, you know, when you, when I find a big buck like that, it's like, 
I really want to be patient knowing what I can and can't get away with and not pushing the situation. And even if it's more days where I'm sitting on that buck and I'm not making a play, like I think that's got to be part of my process of killing these giant bucks. If I want to kill the biggest buck in the range, it isn't going to do me any good to find him and then blow him out of country. And so really sitting with that buck and waiting till he puts himself to a bad spot. And sure, he may move off or somebody else may stalk him or something may happen where he blows up. But I, I'm just not going to play... You know, I'm not going to say I'm not going to play as aggressive because I do make pretty good plays on these bucks of knowing what I can get away with and what I can't. But but I definitely, this is going to be part of my strategy that I think about coming closer to season of making sure that I catch this buck where he is in a good spot to kill him, where I do have a high percentage chance of arrowing this buck. Like for me, it's not going to be about how many plays or how many stocks I can get. It's about making the stocks that I get quality. And if I really want to be the best bow hunter I can, like I have to get really good and efficient of once I find a deer of like being able to kill that deer. Like not spook that deer and find another one and kill that one. Like that's that happens too, you know, like that is kind of my MO on some of these hunts is like, you know, it doesn't always work out on the first stock and sometimes I chase a good buck and it doesn't happen and then I find another buck and end up arrowing them, you know. Like, I, I'm not saying that isn't the way to success, but if I really want to kill the biggest buck in there, the biggest bull in there, it's really focusing on that that one animal and focusing on that one animal to make, like, the best play I can to go kill that thing. And so I'll be thinking about that as well. And, you know, I think we all need to have that present as we're applying for tags to make sure that we're getting high opportunity hunts like this experience is the best teacher we can get to like really shape our our instincts our decision making ability um uh our ability to be stealthy and move in and this is something that i've been honing over the last 20 years is like getting close to these animals you know uh being able to have this higher understanding of the winds like all these things that factor into getting close but it's also like having a good strategy and a good head on my shoulders and so, you know, if anything, if I'm talking about self-improvement or where I want to get, I just want to be a touch better in those decision-making opportunities. And there is, like, I chased a great bull this year that I did not kill, that I chased for three days, and I played really smart. And then, you know, he disappeared from me, and I ended up finding a different six-point and going in arrow and that thing. Like, that's going to happen, too. But I just want to be at my very best and really try to harvest the the biggest elk in the unit, the biggest deer in the unit that I can find. And um, I'm always happy with my harvest and I'm extremely satisfied with the season I had, the adventures I had, time with buddies, able to capture a couple films. Like it was insane. 2023 will go down in history as like a great year for me. Like, man, did I have fun. Late season mule deer was really good to me. And I learned a lot about these new areas that... I'll be hopefully returning back to. And, um, but it's like, there are some giants out there. Like if I could have the best deer and elk I saw this year, uh, my, my season would, would look even better yet. It'd be like times three, like, man, I chased, I mean, for elk, like I was just on a really good bowl, like, um, you know, I don't think he was that next level. The year before, I was really on one that was I thought was 360, 370. This year, the best bull that I turned up that I chased was around a 330, 340 bull, something like that. And he was a great dark horn bull I would have been stoked with. So, you know, 
chalk that bull up, okay? Kill that bull. He's a great one, you know. Um, Antelope killed the first one I stalked. He was a great buck. Happy with that one. Like, um, you know, but what if I could go to central Montana or eastern Montana where they grow 80 inches, you know, and, and really harvest one of those 80 inches? That's one of my goals next season. So if I draw that antelope tag as really putting emphasis on it of making sure that I'm planning at least a few days to get to travel around to Montana and find some of these bigger antelope. So there's like uh, did good there. And then as we go into early season mule deer, uh, chased good deer on one hunt, didn't really see anything next level, uh, but then there was a hunt where I found, you know, a 200-incher. I found a 190-incher. I found, like, a couple of those giants, and I haven't chased a 200-incher in a few seasons. Like, um, man, it was exciting to find one that big. Just giant backs and giant front and just mass for days, and he had that super wide frame on him. It was just, like, just a dream buck. He was, like feeding looking away from me and you just all you can see was antlers in this rack like a a true specimen of the species this is like a great buck and and you know i also turned up a 190 dark velvet one that was super wide and then a red horn one that had scraped his velvet that was really good like high 180s like oh my gosh just absolute dream bucks so like put that 200 inch or like uh uh, dead from one of my arrows and in my pack it's like pretty soon the season starts shaping up to be absolutely unreal and then you know late season I killed some great bucks um but you know I I chased like a a true giant like before that a week before in one of these units and chased him during a snowstorm and had a couple plays at him and god he was just a great like hard horn 180 inch like just a beast and um, chased him around a bit and then tried to go locate him. Ended up turning up the buck that I shot, which is a great deer. Super stoked with. And um, killed my buck. And then I had my my buddy was still hunting. And so I thought I'd glass for him that night. And I turned up, turned up another giant, like glassing in one of my spots. Actually, not even one of my spots. It's like a new area for me. And got a vantage point after I killed my buck and got them all packed out and saw a giant that night, which is good. I know that those bucks will be in that unit next year and the year after, you know, is towards the end of the season. So hopefully they made it through. But um, if my point is, is if I could kill like the biggest one I found or if I could be more efficient in really harvesting those big ones when I find them, it's like, um, man, it'd, it'd be a season like all-time great season you know so I think just more of that like um you know just having that self-confidence as well and so like going through this year it's like um man it's just trying to trying to be the best version of myself like get the most enjoyment out of this next year I can and and I know that the majority of my enjoyment comes from like working hard towards my bow hunting goals bow hunting hard um like that's what I have the most fun it's the most fulfilling for me like I feel good at night when I lay my head down and I got in my lifting I got in my running I, I shot my bow like I think if we work hard towards our goals every day that's how you like make them happen and there's 365 days a year and how many days are we really hunting you know 20 30 you know it's like you know maybe I'm pretty lucky and I get to hunt you know more days 50 60 days or something but you know, that's still 300 days that I'm, that I'm 
not out hunting. And I, I just think of it like every day working hard towards my goals. Like this is this consistency and this discipline. And so every day if I'm working on these skill sets of being strong and being able to trust my body or like physically fit as my legs are just built for endurance and I'm putting more miles on and my body can just take that and like, you know, also I've sharpened my mind and my mind's mentally sharp and my shooting ability is like, I know I can make a shot at all these different ranges if I, if need be. And if every day I'm working towards my goals of being a better bow hunter, like say I just put a little bit of improvement in, like what am I as a hundred percent bow hunter or like whatever the, the number is, you know, say if I could just improve my skills or improve myself like point one every single day that I, that I worked and I'm consistent and dedicated in every day, instead of putting the time on my screen, like I figure out how to become a better bow hunter. I like work on that physical fit. I work on that shooting. I work on the e-scouting. Like I'm working on all these things that I'm telling you guys around about. And I like go point one better. Well, point one better every single day, all of a sudden 10 days goes by and all of a sudden I'm 1% better. And all of a sudden, you know, 50 days goes by and I'm 5% better. Like, gosh dang, can you imagine going into next season and being 5% better, 10, 15% better? And at this point, like, I'm just looking for a slight edge. Like, I have a ton of bow hunting success. So, like, if I can just make myself a touch better on, in all different facets, like, you know, I give myself a better chance at killing that 230 when I find him or that 200 when I find him or that 350 when I find him. So it's like every day working towards my goals. And maybe I don't improve by 0.1 every day. Maybe it's 0.01, but after 100 days, that's a percent. you know. And that's like the, the small percentages where I just turn it into my favor and I find that 230 and I put a perfect arrow into him and he's the buck of my dreams. And I've worked hard for him all year long and I've still been a great husband and a good father and I've been great with the business and I've taken care of things but this whole year I've worked hard towards this goal of becoming the best bow hunter I can be and once I get to season like you know my uh I'm I'm present and I'm there and I'm engaged in trying to kill that buck and I make the right moves I'm patient and catch him in the right spot go down and put a perfect arrow into him. man that's the dream season so that's like what what um, keeps me working hard and uh, what keeps me loving bow hunting. Like, man, we're the lucky ones. We get to do what we absolutely love to do. And why wouldn't we work as hard as we possibly can at it? Um, so that's a wrap. I'm going to get out, shoot this bow here a bit. And, um, man, jump on this other podcast about setting up bows and tuning. So we'll record that. I'll get that out to you guys here in the next couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to get on, record a solo and um, talk about some of these thoughts going on and things that I'm working on for this season to be at my very best. So uh, thanks as always, guys, for the support of the podcast, for the downloads. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, that really helps me out. And then, um, yeah, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, share it on social media. That helps out as bunch. And um, man, I really appreciate you guys. And, um, you know, as as well as pulling for you know my dozen buddies success this year and working hard towards them is I really want to work hard to get you guys the information to make you more successful so I like see these posts come in of you guys you know arrowing a buck or arrowing a bull maybe it's your first or maybe it's your 10th or maybe you killed a great big one and um, thank me for like what you guys listen to on the podcast and the tips that you get like those 
you know, you guys taking the time to send me a message and tell me how much you appreciate me and the podcast just means the absolute world to me. And so like you are part of my community as well. And so, you know, not only do I want my dozen friends to be successful, but I want you guys to, to be successful as well. I've always felt like the guys that put in the work are the guys that I'm really happy see be successful and, and to be consistent at bow hunting is one of the most difficult endeavors like it's taken me a lifetime to do so it's like not easy and and you guys are out there putting in the work you know dedicating yourself to the craft listening to this podcast to help improve like that's a big part of it too man it's like something i didn't mention but you know listening to um listening to people talk about hunting gives you ideas for how you can implement that in your own strategies so this time where you're running or where you're commuting or working or whatever it is where you can be listening to a hunting podcast and gathering some information that's furthering your knowledge base which is really going to help you come season so you know i know it's like one thing to listen to the information of the podcast but you guys that take that information and apply it to your own hunting and become better for it like you guys are improving right now like listening to podcasts so like i think that's a big part of it as well it's like such the information day and age and we can learn from each other to get better so um man pulling for your guys' success keep working hard towards your goals and with that check in with you guys next week